three Mississippi, two Mississippi, one Mississippi, and clap. That sounded good. Okay, that's good good enough for me. I mean, we're not quite on board there. Sorry about that. (laughs) Sorry. We're not ready for band practice yet, but you know. Worse than that, when I saw, when I read the part about Jessica going to Parsons, and people always are talking to me about design. If I drew a circle, you'd go, oh, come on, man. You can do better than that. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a circle. (laughs) And my wife is an artist and uh, really well into that. And I, I can't draw a thing, so. Oh, that's funny. Uh, when I missed the when I missed the clap here, it's okay, I guess, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, More I'm okay. uh, I'm a, a, a clap infractor. <laughs> like I can't yeah. ever. Dan does it beautifully. He's I call him the clap conductor. <laughs> I just can't get on the same. And, like, and you know, wavelength. the truth is, we're all about like avant-garde jazz here. Anyway, it can be atonal. <laughs> it can be in a weird time signature. It's it's all right if it's a little bit. You know, we're working in semitones. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're flexible. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. All right, man. Welcome to Mind Space Minimal, a podcast exploring the connections between consciousness, lifestyle, wellness, and aesthetics. We're your hosts. I'm Jessica Yatrovsky. And I'm Daniel Ryan. We hope you enjoy this episode. And today we are speaking with Dr. Brock Walker. Dr. Brock grew up on a small farm in northern Michigan. His life has been a series of transitions from a farm boy to a national champion skier, a doctor, founder of one of the largest private back pain practices in the country, and a multifaceted business owner named on numerous patents around the world. He is the originator of what he refers to as medically engineered technology and design. Over the course of 30 years, he has worked with many high-profile innovation partners, including global corporations, hospitals, robotic surgical device manufacturers, state and federal law enforcement, U.S. Department of Defense, U.S. Navy, NASA, U.S. Army, aerospace, and the world of motorsports such as NASCAR. After 20 years, Dr. Brock continues to enjoy an industry-wide exclusive partnership with Herman Miller and serves as both an inventor and innovator for Herman Miller's pioneering research and development programs. He has invented posture fit and zonal support and distribution technologies that can be found in all Herman Miller high-performance task chairs manufactured since 2000, and they have won many awards around the world. And with that, we are so excited to talk to Dr. Brock Walker. Indeed, yeah. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you on. Well, I'll tell you one thing. This morning I got up and I'm like, oh, I read through their website, but I think I left a lot on the table. So I went back and I read about you two yahoos. And let me tell you, <laughs> I mean, the forever and intent behind your efforts, I mean, they're they're really great. And and I thank you so much. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, you know how many years we all are apart. I'm I'm you know, I'm gonna be 70 here, and I'm thinking about how far our ages are apart, but how each of us in one way or another have 
one thing in common and that's that we're all like working towards, you know, improving people's, the way people live their lives and whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically, mind, body, soul, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to see. It was just not, I wasn't expecting it. Let's put it that way. So it was very cool. That's so cool. We weren't expecting you to be so excited about us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, doctor. It's, a, it's no, very We're excited about you. <laughs> yeah. No, when I read your stuff, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> so usually it's about, okay, how do you make this piece fit into that piece? <laughs> you know, this is a lot better. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have that question in me. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are interested in ergonomics. Obviously, I just learned that word like this year so, well, or 2020, I should say. We're going to blow away by ergonomics, man. We're going to go <laughs> that's old. That's old news. Let it roll. So welcome to the show, Dr. Brock. As Jessica mentioned, it really is a pleasure and an honor to have you in looking at your experience and your CV. It's just so many interesting points of view and convergences coming together and so many questions about your experience. Wanting to start today, the, the first thing that's on my mind, actually, just as we live in these uh, transformational times, is to begin by talking about what you're focused on and excited about currently. You know, how is the convergence of art and culture and design and all of these aspects to which you've focused so much of your time and energy and knowledge. What's, what are you curious and excited about now? I think what we're, we're looking at right now is that we have been so blessed in our household because there's so many people mm -hmm. struggling, but this has been a quiet time mm -hmm. for me. I've, you know, my whole life has been, I mean, some years where literally home less than 30 days a year, entire wow. year. So millions of miles traveled. This is the first time in probably 35, 40 years where I've been able to concentrate on what I love to do, what I want to do, what I want to create and kind of dig a little deeper. So this has been an exciting time from the format that I could get up in the morning, wander out to my office, go to work and concentrate and with a lot less travel, travel takes it out of you, as you know, I mm -hmm. mean, um, you really get in a position where you get caught up in all sorts of relationships, social standing, so on and so forth, as you're out on the road, and you just lose that time uh, being productive. So this has been great. So what I've tried to do during this period of time was really honker down, make, make myself a great list of things that I want to mm -hmm. achieve but I just haven't had time to achieve. And it all works around the design of the human body. And what can we do to help improve the way people live their lives in all sorts of venues. Some of them are in surgical centers and some of them in the operating room. Some of them are at Herman Miller. Some of them are, you know, uh, in motorsports and race cars, anything where the human body needs to perform longer, faster, better, safer. And uh, I, I don't know. I think that uh, once we started down that pathway of maybe last March of having this opportunity, I've learned a lot. <laughs> you know, the deeper you get into your own work, the more you learn. Yeah. Right? I'd love to share a personal story. All right. The connection that I have with you that you're unaware of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, this is going to be good. Hey, in my family, that can mean a number of different no, things. No, it's not that. It's not that deep, but it's very, it's very important to me. I have always hated sitting at a desk to work because I'm an artist. I sit on the floor, like I'm drawing or doing things. I'm always on the floor. And then recently I got a beanbag <laughs> and I started sitting uh-huh. on that in 2020 because it's just like I couldn't get comfortable, like my pelvis and my back. And I was working with a physiotherapist to just get my body back right. And um, always hated sitting at a desk to work, always hated at sitting at desks at school, wherever I was. I just I hate a desk. I hate a chair. I'm not into it. And I felt this way until I got an air on in 2020 and now oh did you get the new one the weekend i don't know i just got it Which, last year it's a gray chair it's like small for my size yeah. it's per i it has all the bells and whistles like i checked all the boxes of oh, everything good. like okay. i got everything that's oh, adjustable great. on it and now i actually sit at a desk to work so I wanted to personally thank you because I feel like you're responsible for my desk productivity in 2020. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think I would have ever. Well, I, it was just always so hard to get to the desk and sit because, yeah. you, and, and I'm sure that you'll talk about this more at greater length. And <laughs> Well, you know, that that's so it It is so good to hear because I've got so many friends that have said, well, you know, we really can't figure out. Dr. Walker, what it is you're doing? What do you do for a living? <laughs> you know, you don't have your practice anymore and uh, you're flying around the world going crazy. What, what, is it, what are you doing here? Well, you got an artist to sit and down, so of, that's good. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I always say, well, I'm basically, I'm really focused on the human body and seating primarily. And they're like, wow, that's, that's kind of boring, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm like, well, unless you, you're unable to sit, unless you're suffering from uh, I know, massive maladies of, of uh, musculoskeletal problems, and unless you're going down the straightaway at Indianapolis at a exactly. uh, football right. field. Yeah. Second, unless that chair is in a space or pulling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, the seating right. thing's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> For- so. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, for context, too, for listeners, the Aeron chair, which I have experienced myself, is a epically comfortable chair that, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, was first released in 1994, which is a, a collaboration between yourself and Herman Miller and others, and is, is really a very, very well-known design amongst people who are paying attention to, to these sorts of things. The, the, I remember, I, this is actually, I'm just realizing this as I'm speaking, doctor, but I remember the first time I sat in an Aeron chair about 10 years ago and was like, damn, this is a comfortable chair. This is different than every other desk chair I've ever experienced. What is going on here? And, uh, and yeah, have been aware yeah. of it ever since. So I just wanted to provide that context. Well, that chair was uh, designed um, originally by two fantastic world-renowned designers, uh, Bill Stump and uh, Don Chadwick. And when they, when they did this, this is a great story. When they designed this, it became the most iconic office chair in the world. Uh, when we launched uh, the newest rendition of it 
in uh, London before years ago, I remember looking at this big screen and it had a picture of this and it said, iconic design, you're looking at the best selling office chair in the world. And I thought, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Just to, just to look at that and say that. So where I came on board was in, uh, let me see, about 1999, when I first met Herman Miller and introduced some new technology to them. From that point on, we've continued to integrate and develop new ways of giving that chair a little bit of a performance support and design mm -hmm. facelift. The integrity of the chair remained the same. It's brilliant, it's iconic. It's in the New York Museum of Modern mm -hmm. Art on permanent display. But what we've been able to do over the course of time is learn more about the human body and then we could start to move forward. But I'll tell you, when we first started or when I first met Herman Miller in 1999, 2000, and I showed them this technology, they're like, this is incredibly good. Okay, let's start to work on something together. So I thought, hey, we're gonna go on the warehouse. We're gonna find an old chair of some kind and uh, we're gonna start working on something. All of a sudden, they roll out the Aaron chair, the iconic Aaron chair, and they say, we're gonna put it in this. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, <laughs> slow down here, boys. <laughs> you know, they said, well, does it work or it doesn't work? One, it's one or the other. And I said, fiddling with the most iconic chair design in the world, and that's your starting point? <laughs> I'm gonna love these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and we just all no pressure it. It great. <laughs> no pressure and then uh, uh lately we redid what we called the remastered where we added even more technology and jessica i hope that's the chair i think that's what that i have, have yeah because i just cool. got it um a, less than six months ago yeah, that's yeah. great. That's that's great. Uh, it's like butter. I mean, Dan sat in it. I made him sit in it when I, he was over here. I wish I was still sitting <laughs> there. We say you need it when you get in it too, if you really figure out how it all works. A lot of people don't adjust their the the, uh, the features and benefits mm -hmm. on the chair. And we, we call it tuning. If you can tune that chair to you and use all of the uh, advents that are on it, it just gets better and better. Yeah. I really appreciate too that you have the option if you're like a small petite person like me or a tall person like Dan that it, it accommodates you. Right. You could buy a chair in your size. Right. That's right. There's three sizes and and that was a big I mean that was a big controversy in the beginning. I mean, who's going to set up a manufacturing facility for th the same chair three right. different sizes? Right. Think about it. That's that's a that's a, that's a heave ho decision to make right there. What ended up being the deciding factor? How did it come together? I think it was the right thing to do. It just was the right thing to do, and uh, they've made a lot of those decisions at Herman Miller. Of all this, I, and I'm not just saying this. I've worked in eight, seven, eight, nine different industries. So anybody, any place, anywhere on the planet, this has been the most mm -hmm. fun I've had. I mean, this group, it, you know what it is about who you go to work yeah. with too. And this, this creativity, this willingness to explore. Uh, I mean, think about it. 
who would take their most iconic design and start out with a brand new technology and integrate it? I mean, that's that's crazy if you stop and think about it. Scott's. What if Indeed. you screwed it up? <laughs> right. So uh, I love these guys. They're, they're the best people that I've ever worked with. And now I'll, I'll, you know, I went there, um, like I said, in 1999. And uh, I thought, well, hell, if this goes on for a couple of years, mm -hmm. this is really cool. Well, that was 20, mm -hmm. 20 years ago. <laughs> and we're still, we're still the same team. Think about this. When people ask about our products, uh, I always say, uh, one of the highlights that I can draw on from looking at all the different industries is that when you go to work, if you're going to work with a collaborative effort with people, you know, within a year, Bill leaves, Don leaves, Larry leaves, Judy leaves, and you got a different mix of people, right? And then you spread that out over two to three to four to five years, you don't even have nearly the same team. And that creates a problem with momentum sometimes. And at Herman Miller, we have the same people. They were in my office yesterday. We were on the phone last night, the same people. We originally developed the very first product together in 2000. That's amazing. It really is. Now that's, that's like, you're finishing each right. other's yeah. sentences, right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, and I was just to say to Jessica, one of the fellas that was here last night, I don't know where you live, Daniel. I, I did read that, Jessica, you live in Brooklyn. And he and the fellow that was here last night who helped me design and was a professor at uh, um, Pratt um, uh, lives in Brooklyn. So I would come to Brooklyn to a studio often over the last few years to work. And, really enjoyed oh, that's it. so cool yeah dan lives yeah. in in brooklyn as well we're all brooklynites that's right yeah Neighbors, yeah so. love it where are you right now i live in michigan oh wow ah. yeah, yeah i just i read earlier today that you were born in michigan yeah born in northern michigan on a farm and uh i don't know how the transition happened that was kind of like autopilot yeah. no pun intended <laughs> autopilot <laughs> yeah. right you just one thing happened after another, and here we are. It's been great. Yeah, I just wanted to circle back. That is really inspiring, Dr. Brock. I I didn't think today we would be focusing on the joys of working with wonderful people that we respect and you know having the benefits of this kind of long-lasting collaboration and team. But yeah, it's inspiring to hear that, and yeah, just a reminder of what a wonderful gift that is when, when we do have that in our lives. And it's a, and it's a beautiful thing to know about these, these products too, appreciating their quality and the artistry and design that's gone into them. Yeah. It's, it, you, you cannot do this without collaboration. I have, uh, especially uh, when I would go to, I don't know, you know, what, one of the, one of the real advantages I have uh, having a doctor in front of my name is that, you know, when you go into a company, there's always this little bit of concern that it's not invented here. And, you know, as a, as a doctor, I can come to the table in a collaborative effort to support everybody mm. and integrate. So there's no, there's, there's no not invented here quality of my participation in mm. my business 
My business model is I come into your company, I bring my wares with me, I collaborate with, with the whole team, and we all focus on the product, not each other. We boast each other, but we also have to continue, continually, you know, check our egos at the door and go, what's going to be best here for the, for the user, for the client? It's, it's truly all about collaboration. Mm. And it's about, as I said, checking your ego at the door. Mm. People need to be able to sit down, focus on advancing the ball and, and doing it with, I mean, no fear. You have to be completely fearless Mm -hmm. and willing to accept the fact you're going to screw a lot of stuff up on the way to the party. Okay. (laughs) Because that's what creativity is. Totally. And you got to embrace it and enjoy it and never, ever get in the way of someone's perspective. You just got to hear them out all the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, you know, a lot of times people jump in there and you're in a meeting, there's 10 people. And can you imagine this? Okay, you have designers, you have administrators, you have engineers, you have a doctors here and you have their teams. And can you imagine? I don't even know how this happens now. Seriously, the size of some of the... Some of these eagles, I mean, trying to get everybody, you know, on the same page to collaborate and have a good time and let the creative juices run wild. It's not always the, the it's, it's, if you have a sense of humor, it's great. But if you lack a sense of humor, you're in big, you're in big trouble mm-hmm. here. <laughs> <laughs> well said. It, let, let me ask, I'm curious, because it sounds like terrain, you know, well, any, any, pro tips on the art of helping people leave their egos at the door any any suggestions or thoughts best practices honesty Mm. oh yeah honesty man i mean if if you and i sit down in your office and we shut the door and we just look at each other and go okay why don't we just why don't we just know that it's just between the two of us we're Mm going to have an open conversation and you can do that with 10 people as easy as you can do it with one because everybody in that Mm. room wants to do it. They all want to, they all want, they all think and they all believe and they all have something invested Mm -hmm. in something to offer, to make things better. Everybody does. It's just a natural thing within all of us. And so I would say the biggest challenge is letting that out and helping everybody feel that this is go this is go time guys reach down deep let's think about what we know what our instincts are how this is all going to happen and you can throw everything on the table and there is there is no possible way anything you throw on the table could hurt us we just have to go <laughs> i love that the guy that makes the most mistakes wins i really love that <laughs> beautiful yeah. you know one of the, the key things we're talking about all the time on the, the podcast and just examining it as a principle is the idea of internal reflecting external. And you know, I appreciated what I read about medically engineered design and would love to hear you just talk a little bit about what that means for you now and, and also in the context of working from home and 2021 and, and where we're at as a society. Yeah. Well, why don't we start out with medically engineered technology Please. and design? I can give you a little, give you a little background on my thoughts on that. 
I always say that the art, the three of us, as, I, as we mentioned in before we really started, was the idea that all of us have something to do with the, the health and well-being mm-hmm. of, in our business. That's what our businesses are, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically. We're all invested in that. And in my aspect, medically engineered technology and design relates to the art. It's an art of building products that emulate the way the human body works. If you stop and think about it, your human body, the human body is a uh, system of levers and pulleys. Mm. And so it's really an engineering thing. And so when I say I want to emulate the way the human body works, I'd want to build something and put you in it. I want to understand what your body needs and then build something around it. It's a reverse of what normally happens in product development. I always say, because we'll never be able to redesign the human body, but we're always gonna be able to redesign the world around it. Mm. I mean, you're stuck with the body here. So what medically engineered technology and design is about is about connecting the dots between art design, engineering, and medical science. You want to use those things in perspective to convert new ideas into products that emulate the way the human body works. Now, not, not all products interface or need to interact with, with people. We know that. But if you think about it, and I'll make the case here just in, in a little bit, but the products that are designed to influence the way we feel, the way we act, the way we perform, I think those products are in a class of their own and arguably probably the most difficult to design and build projects in the world. Because think about it, the vast majority of artists, designers, and engineers, they have an experience in their life and they rely on somewhat controlled predictability during the development process of, of how they're going through their process to build something or design something or to create something. But the missing link is the fact that the human body is radically unpredictable. It's a moving target. I mean, how do you design to something that's continually recycling the feelings of, Mm -hmm. you know, sensations, actions, and performances? So the body itself can't be translated into math and physics, any tolerances, really. And as a result, that fact right there challenges engineers and designers. I mean, let's think about it. I mean, it's, it's good because I always say to my friends that are engineers, I'm glad you're an engineer because I wouldn't want to drive over that bridge <laughs> unless you knew, <laughs> unless you, you first, <laughs> right? <laughs> but in the human body, sure. that's not going to happen. There is no math. There no, no, we physics. cannot be contained. No. So there's so many, so many possibilities for physical adjustments through motion. They can't they can't be calculated. There's too many of them. So imagine designing and engineering to try to control something that's uncontrollable. And I don't want to put you to sleep, but <laughs> let me give you just, this really will, this will bring it together. If you think about it, please. here's some things to think about uh, when you think of how your body works every day. There's 10 trillion cells. And there's 360 joints and 
I don't know, 640 muscles. There's over 4,000 tendons, 900 ligaments, you know, 26 bones and 78 organs. And they're all connected to 12 systems. And they're all talking to each other all at the same time. And they're all, you know, responding to each other and compensating to each other's every move and angle and dimension in every second of every day. So the number of counterbalancing parts, pieces, and body angles are infinite, right? Oh, yeah. So our bodies have to rely on an innate instinctive intelligence to, you know, to function, to work, to balance and harmony. So it's a, it's a little bit overwhelming, but the anatomical pre predictability is not going to change. So when you can't predict it or when you err on the side of ignoring it, the products mm. often end up falling into the just improved enough category, right? So the idea behind medically engineered technology and design is to improve the anatomical predictability and how it interfaces with engineering and design. And for that reason, uh, the products are engineered and designed from the inside out, not the outside in. And often when I, when I start to work with someone, it's either one of two options here. We're gonna, we're gonna start with a clean sheet of paper or we're gonna try to improve a pre-existing design, which was the case with Aaron. And you can see that it can work in both areas, but if you can have this kind of collaboration with the other teams, you will get better and better and better at managing the human body in any possible position as it, as it responds to any task and in the environment. But it's a, it's a, it's a modernization and a collaboration thing. Uh, it's the relationship is is unique. Beautiful, thank you. So I don't I don't know that if that answers your question, but I'm more than <clears throat> it did. It gave me a lot of extra information too. Yeah, no, I, I very much appreciate it. Please, Jessica. Yeah, I was gonna say you talk about it being from the inside out. So another thing we talk a lot about on this podcast is aesthetics. So how the hell do you make it beautiful oh, on top of all of okay. that? I mean, the lines on, on, on the chairs, I mean, just it, it's, it's breathtaking, really it the is. beauty. Well, yeah. if you want to see something that's really cool uh, today, later, go online at Herman Miller and look for the taper chair, T-A-P-E-R. And Herman Miller has another company called Geiger International. And this will answer your question. It's kind of funny, but we started think Geiger International is a luxury high-end furniture manufacturer in uh, North Carolina, and they they are just they're fantastic. So the question became, hey, we could use a new way of thinking about an executive chair, and I thought to myself. Well, think about it. Executives, when I was growing up, they had this big old brown stuffed chair, right? And you'd sit in it like a like an executive. And now you've got women and men who are executives in their late 30s and 40s and 50s, and even into their 60s, they're running marathons. Mm -hmm. I think we need a we need a deal here where a Ferrari meets Nike. That's what we need, right? Hmm. So right. Uh, I had joined 
the designer I spoke about earlier, Mark Getz, who lives here in Brooklyn, and we started to go to work on this. And we, we, we taught each other a lot about our own businesses so that I, I had a better insight into design. He had a better insight on the human body and how they might come together. So we set out to do this and to, to do this executive chair that was Ferrari meets Nike, right? And so we start with the human body and we just build it. And we build it based on everything I know about the human body. And then we didn't want a lot of adjustments and features and benefits that you had to fiddle with. So we used some real standard things and we got this thing to work like and fit like you can't believe. And when we were all done, I said to Mark, Mark, this thing works and fits like no other executive chair in the world. Trust me. Oh, by the way, it is one ugly thing. Good luck, buddy. I got to go back to Michigan. <laughs> because this is all on you. Here you go. This is all on you now. <laughs> so that's kind of how. Make it look good. Uh, designing with a great designer is different when you design from the inside out because they're stuck with the package at the end, right? They, they, and, uh, but. But if you figure out how to do that, I think we, I think we have a, uh, well, I know we have a new uh, Herman Miller chair showroom in uh, New York. You're both nearby. Uh, hop in there one day and check out the taper and sit in it. And I think, you know, it's a beautiful chair. So it's leather and it's just eloquently done. And, uh, oh, I have actually. Have you? So Dr. Brock, yeah. So I recently visited the Herman Miller Concept Store in Hudson Yards here in the city. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I did the personalized fitting where you you work with the ergonomic expert firsthand and they help you find the, you know, the quote, perfect fit. Uh-huh. But it was so cool because like beyond sitting in the chairs at the store, the experience, it like gives you way more. Like you not only get to interact with the chairs, you get to learn a bit about like a little ergonomic 101 kind of scenario if you will and you also get to learn about the history of Herman Miller and its evolution which I thought was just really cool and I had a fun time looking at the materials and then flipping through the archival images and touching fabric samples and um you know just that I came out with a deeper understanding and appreciation for Herman Miller's legacy and also all that goes into there and your innovation mm-hmm. and the work that you do to create these pieces and how it really is changing people's lives it, and the way is. we think about how we interact with sitting. And mm-hmm. I sat in that chair. I sat in all of them and they, they were all lovely. <laughs> so well, I was like uh, drooling. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did an Instagram story about the experience. I'm, I'm going to be posting it. So I'll, I'll put oh. it in a link. I'll, I'll oh. put it in the, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes here, but I ended up with uh, a Lino chair. Oh yeah. <laughs> and in gray and chartreuse seat. Cool. So cool. super excited about that. But you know, the experience of going in there was awesome. You get to uh-huh. sit and everything and test drive it essentially. So That's I would fun. recommend anybody living in New York. And I think they opened one in LA 
I believe, too. Mm-hmm. Culver City, I think. Yeah. Man, go and sit in these chairs, people. You will understand mm-hmm. the, the effort that is put into creating these chairs because it's felt immediately when you sit down in one. I, th- I think the positive note that you that it's um, difficult to relay to somebody is that, you know, you can build something when the person interacts with it, it it's really comfortable fits really well for five minutes Mm -hmm. or maybe two days Mm -hmm. but everything we do we've used the medically engineered approach and influence so that three to five to ten years down the road using the same product you're going to be healthier yeah and the the things that were going to happen as a result of sitting are didn't happen and that's the harder thing to kind of translate to people. But uh, that's what's behind all the hard work in reality. That's a differentiator. Speaking to that, could you please tell us a little bit about what you notice and what is on your mind regarding working from home and all the adaptations of 2020 and 2021 now that a lot of us are sitting even more than we already were before yeah, and looking right. at screens even more than we were before. Yeah, yeah I mean, this this is going to bring out, this, this is going to separate people who have a little bit of that discipline gene and the ones that don't. <laughs> because yeah. I'll tell you, this is an awesome time to spend more time exercising, getting in shape, eating right, yeah. doing all those things. But when you are at your desk every day, this is this is what a Herman Miller product is designed to do. And and let me give you an example beyond that I love. I love this example, but it's it's mm-hmm. something that really surprised me when we first started, uh, when they first started teaching me about kinematics and the way kinematics moves the human body through space, and. Um, when you take a look at the longevity of health and you look at this story I'm going to tell you about with, with kinematics, it kind of starts to all come together that, yeah, we're shooting for the long ball. We're not, we're not trying to help people sit for half an hour. We're trying to help people sit well and sit healthy for half a decade or more. But mm-hmm. if you sit and go, just go out and pick a chair, pick any chair that is a, is a, well-regarded office chair. Take a take a, a pin and pin your shirt to the back of the seat and then go into recline. And when you do that, it's gonna pull the tail of your shirt out. That's what we call it, shirt pullers. Hmm. When you mm-hmm. go into a Herman Miller chair and you pin your shirt to the back of the seat mm-hmm. and going to recline stays right there. Mm. You just blew mm-hmm. my mind. It moves with the body. That's what, that's the kind of thing that's going on at Herman Miller. That's the kind of thing that we all try to do. Indeed. And I think it, by large part, it comes from the idea that it's not just the creative leadership, but it's also the fact that the momentum has been created by the number of people all working together as we talked about earlier, over a long period of time. That's pretty cool. It's so cool. I, I don't know. 
It's very cool. I'm not sure what the female equivalent would be, but any guy who's ever sat in a chair with a button-down shirt tucked <laughs> yeah. into pants and tried to recline. Oh, that's knows so that funny that you that say that. <laughs> so I do. I, so I know exactly what you you mean by that, and I can see all the effort coming back to working from home uh, in that discipline yeah. gene. Stand up. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know what the question is. Are you looking is, for really. advice? Just, uh, a, any way we can it's, bottle that? No, it's a. Yeah, it's definitely a free for it. all. <laughs> this is down to how how, mm-hmm. how much discipline and creativity do you really have, and for how long can you have it, right? Um, but what I yeah. what I would do is if I didn't have a height adjustable desk, or a regular desk, or a regular mm-hmm. chair, I'd just start thinking from scratch. One of the things my body wants is motion, it wants movement. So I find a countertop that is, you know, high enough that I can stand and and reasonably work from that position whenever I want. Uh, What I have done in the early years is I would just disconnect the power on my computer and move it to a a higher um, shelf or a higher uh, workspace. Uh, and then I would just work standing up for a while. Then I realized, well, hell, that's that's not so good for my neck. You know, your your head's eight, 10, 12 pounds. I don't know anybody that's ever picked up a bowling ball, but the first thing you'd say is, there's no way that my head weighs eight, 10, 12 pounds, <laughs> but it does. <laughs> and it's all on this little cervical spine mm-hmm. thing, right? And so you, when you think about even taking your computer and putting it you know, on, on a uh, higher countertop, you're still looking down, right? And when you're looking down, mm-hmm. all those muscles that anchor at the base of your skull and they come down and they anchor between your shoulder blades, they're all trying to hold that eight, 10, 12 pounds up, right? So all of a sudden, now you've got pain between the shoulder blades and your shoulders and the base of your head and your neck. And what I did then noticing that, I mean, this is 20 years ago, I just built a crate, a little bit of a crate, and I put my computer on that. So now I'm standing up and Mm -hmm. I'm, as they say at Herman Miller, the eyes often win, which means what you're looking at is gonna determine the angle of your head and your neck and your shoulders and your posture. So I move Mm -hmm. to a countertop, I would elevate my computer so that my shoulders weren't, and I didn't have to lift my hands too high, but you know, things were elevated so that I could stand and work. And then I could go back, plug it in, sit down and uh, put good support behind my back. That off on, off on, off on is really important. You wanna create and promote motion, whether you're sitting, whether you're standing, the human body skeletal structure isn't there just to hold you up, it moves fluids. You're like a hot water bottle, right? And they've got this skeleton in the middle of it. So when you're up and you're moving and you're walking around, these bony structures in your body are pushing fluids all over the circulation. And so so movement's a really great thing. Just got to get set up for it and then go exercise. Yeah, my I'm I'm just there's so <laughs> many things running through this my heavy head now. <laughs> my- hey i'll tell you what if you 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 have to fight every day you know i've had so many friends of mine they just kind of start to get groundhog's day right 
So what happens is I'm going to wear my Nike pants today. I'm not going to shave. You know the deal. <laughs> you know, we've all been there. And you got to get up every morning, same time. You got to get motivated. You got to go, you know, boom, 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 and go to work and create. And if you don't have anything to do, create it, design it, develop it, use your time, do something. Because never, maybe in our lifetime, never again. Will we ever be in a place in time where we have this kind of solitude? Oh, totally. Think about it. I mean, it, it's not yes. a good thing. I'm not going there, but it, it is It is what it is. You've got yeah. some peace and quiet, so use it. Beautifully said. Yeah. I was just going to say, and Jessica, we've talked about this for months, but the opportunity in mm -hmm. 2020 for that deep reset and the yeah. solitude that you're describing, Dr. Brock, and, and yeah. Yeah, I call well. it my jessessance. I'm having a jessessance because I'm <laughs> able to get to all my art. Well, when I well when I read your website, both of yours, I'm like, whoa! I wonder how they do. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like one day at hey, a time. I wonder how you do it, <laughs> and then we're all like, how's everybody doing it? <laughs> I think that's yeah. like how, the main topic too. It? When you get together with people, is like, well, what are you doing? How's it going? Yeah, how you, <laughs> Especially in the in right, creative yeah. fields. And in, in my way of thinking, I always think to myself, you know, um, sometimes people ask you in interviews what what inspires you or what makes you go to the next go to the next level of play if you can. Mm -hmm. And I always think about it's it's no one single person. It's just the the experiences that you've accumulated. Mm -hmm in your whole life you know it's just an accumulation transition from the left foot to the right and back to the left and uh when when i think about that i i just i just realized after i read your website jessica and i read yours first and it was about the soul and tapping into that quiet place and then when i started listening to yours daniel and I saw the how the human brain can function by going deeper in to the hypnotic state. And <laughs> you wrap all your head around all this stuff. And you're you really <laughs> are in a you really in a position right now. If if you pay attention to everything that you know and you've learned from each other, you're in a position to make some gains here personally. Totally. Uh, with within your own mm -hmm. within your own life, and that's only going to reflect better by improving someone else's, right? So we got to make the best of this, you guys. I love that. I really here, do, here. Doctor. I just have two more questions. I'm curious about before we start drawing to a close. Uh, the first one is, what chair do you have at home at your desk? Yeah, what are you sitting in right now? I sit in two. <laughs> on one, you know. I have on I have this desk called uh, it's a partner's desk in the early years in England because they were taxed on the width of their building because I'm I'm just only bringing this up because of Jessica your design formats that you talked about in contained minimal areas England you were taxed on the width of your buildings and that's why they have very skinny buildings but they're real long, they're deep. And in the buildings, they would have what they call partner's desks. 
and the partner desk was a little wider, but you'd sit on one side, I'd sit on the other, and we had the same drawers, the same, same everything. So it was really beautifully designed, but it was very fitting and a way to conserve space and a footprint. So on one side of my desk, I have an in-body, and on the other side of the desk, I have the Aaron Remastered. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so I get to use them both. That's so nice. It's great. You're spoiled. Yeah, and then yeah. when I want to, <laughs> and then when I want to just kind of relax, I walk over to my tapered chair and take my feet up and puts a little smile on my face. That's what blows my mind about the Aeron is that like I can kick my feet up and the chair moves with me. I'm like, what? This is alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Hey, can you think that those that those two guys designed the origin the original chair that many years ago, and this is still Insane. an iconic high performance maybe the you know that in the embody the two highest performing works chairs in the world for sure it, it is wild i mean it's it's hard to imagine what where to go next you know, yeah. it does feel like yeah a pinnacle. and you know you would get a kick <laughs> out sorts. of the original i have always gotten a kick out of the original design stories around the development of the aaron because it was the first chair Really, it, it wasn't suspension, it wasn't foam, it wasn't fabric, right? So they went out on this limb mm. and they, they designed and invested and created this thing called pellicle lining. And <laughs> one of the main players in this, I mean, everybody just thought this was going to be awful. The developers, they just figured, oh, well, we're just going to all... Well, this is the end of our career, <laughs> you know, and boom, out of the box it came and it took off like a rocket ship and it's never, it's never turned back. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a wonderful yeah, it is. success. Well, you know? We actually have a game in this household when we watch television because there's just been so much television consumption over the past year. Um, it's called <laughs> Spot the Air On. <laughs> <laughs> because like every television show or movie, you just see all the boardrooms and they're game. just filled with air on chairs. And I'm like, one, yeah. two, three, four. <laughs> you, <Yeah>. know? <laughs> you just see them everywhere now. It's well, like you can't unsee it. Yeah, I'd be interested in knowing how many. And I did know how many chairs were out in the world at one time. And I and I all I remember it just blew my mind. I. I just said, that's impossible. And even today, it is just a huge hit. I mean, it's it's lost some steam, yeah. but not, not a lot. I'll tell you, that's, a, that's an amazing accomplishment of uh, Bill Stump and Don Chadwick and the people who were willing to take, take mm -hmm. a risk, right? Yeah. So I do have one last question for you. What do you have coming up? Anything new, anything that you're working on, anything you're working on? Yeah, you know, um, it's always kind of a uh, catch. <laughs> it's kind of a hard question to answer mm -hmm. because I never know how much Herman Miller would would be happy with the amount of information I might yeah. throw out there. There's a lot of proprietary yeah. stuff going on. And I would, and, and I would say on, that we are truly focused right now and have been on 
a new development that will change the options for the way you want to sit and work. Um, it's not easy. It's like nobody's been able to do it because it's almost, it, it's, it's just an uphill challenging battle. And the engineering and the fit and what has to happen to the human body's center of gravity as you move it through space and is really challenging. I mean, it, it would be easier to, to land uh, the shuttle on the moon, I'm telling you, because it's all math and physics. This, this isn't, it's very predictable and we're going into areas that we've never gone before. And I'm just hoping that everybody's got to stay in power for this because it would benefit so many people in the world today but it's a challenge. Um, another thing is I do a lot of work with surgeons. Um, if you think about surgeons that stand there and some of the, especially cardiac pulmonary surgeries where you're doing transplants and mitral valve and aortic valve replacements, you, you know, some of these surgeon, surgeries take hours and some of it can be done with robotic surgery, some of it can't. So as these physicians are leaning over, and they're working. I mean, can you imagine the stress of their lower yeah, back and their neck and their head and they can't move? I mean, it's just micro movements. So we, we lose a lot of surgeons to physical disability because this problem is so intense. So I'm working with the greatest, what I would refer to as the greatest cardiac surgeon in the world, three of them, and we have an innovation team and we're creating solutions in the operating room that will empower the human body for the surgeon as they do their work. That's been, that's been an exciting walk down creative lane, I can tell you that. Lots of different things are happening in surgery. That, Incredible. Incredible. That, that even for the team and the communications and the different teams that come in and go out and come in and go out and all the different things that have to happen there and coordinating all of that and to empower the human body and the communication skills between the team is really what I'm focused on. So that's, that's exciting stuff that's as so well. Cool. Something that you, you know, we wouldn't typically be even mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, it's so specialized, but so important and necessary. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like uh, sometimes I've done a lot of work. Everything that I do is human interface. So if you interface with something, I like to think that we could put a team together where we could learn how to empower the human body as it is faced with any different postural change in responding to any task in any environment. So if you are a race car driver in Formula One or whether you're an Air Force pilot or whether you are doing this surgery, the human body, once we can learn to manage that predictability and build to it from the inside out, we can pretty much, we might not get the whole enchilada, but we, we can really improve the situation. So uh, that's where the collaboration amongst experts are. So infiltrating into a different industry with different experts, all learning to collaborate together, we could do some, we could do some incredible things. Well, 
Doctor, I don't want to take up any more of your time today. I- any final questions, Jessica? I am so grateful that you have given us your time. We really appreciate this yeah, talk. Yeah, truly. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Brock. Really appreciate your time today. Okay, so when we when I get back to Brooklyn, we've, we've got to have yes, a glass of wine or we something. Must. <laughs> oh, please, we must. Please, you got it, man. You got it, man. We'll take you up on that. I'd love to, I'd love to meet you guys someday face-to-face, see we what you're that. doing. Likewise. Learn about how you're doing, what you're yeah. doing. And it, it's Absolutely. all good stuff, isn't and it? For our audience out there, if they want to connect with you, where can they find you? DrBrockWalker.com. No spaces, just D-R-B-R-O-C-K-W-A-L-K-E-R.com. Cool. We will link it in the show notes. And are you? do you have a Instagram presence or? No, okay. you know, we, we don't. We are, I'm getting ready to uh, launch some help for people who drive in their automobiles. And specifically, it's a, a small product that you use to help support your back. And so I, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm just getting my feet wet in all of this. My whole life. You're not on TikTok about, yet. <laughs> you know, I'm not on TikTok yet, man. <laughs> you know, hey, people always ask me, you know, how do I get in touch with you? And I'm too embarrassed to give them my my email address because it's so old, you know, and um, and they think it's a joke. And I'm like, hey, it's it's no joke. <laughs> You're like, no, it's really That's me. It. Huh? Yeah, that's really well, I tell you there are so many people trying to get out of Instagram and out of TikTok and that stuff now. Yeah. You might just be better yeah. off. Dr. And Brock. your website's so, you know, so thorough. Don't be in too much of a rush. Simplicity. Is, yeah. Simplicity, mm-hmm. right? Indeed. Mm-hmm. It's the ultimate sophistication. <laughs> like yeah. Dan likes I'm, to say, subtract right. what's there first. <laughs> Wait, yeah. no, what do you say? You say I love it. subtract to see what's what do you say? You say, Dan. That was close enough. That was close enough. Wow. Well, this has been great, you guys. A lot of fun. Thanks so much. Likewise. Thank you so much for your time today. You know, I'm, I'm in particular, I'm taking your reminder of honesty with me. I appreciate that and the story of of working with your team so closely for all those years. Yeah. You you just want to get in there and tell them that, you know, nothing works better than that. And besides, if you do that, you're either out or you're in. Yeah. That's a big That's clarifier it, right in the beginning. And you can decide whether you want to be in and whether you want to be out. That's mm-hmm. a big clarifier. And the Transparency last thing is, and honesty. Everybody... Absolutely. And then you don't ever have to remember what you said. <laughs> you just <laughs> get in there and go. <laughs> there it is. You can find us wherever you stream your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit us at mindspaceminimal.com and email us at mindspaceminimal at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.